This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. So we have a new tradition. I don't know if you guys knew. I only preach when the front row is empty. Okay, so I would say I only preach when there's no samples here, but Josh and Julie have ruined that, so... Well, I was originally asked to preach because there was supposed to be a, a membership class tonight. And let me tell you, prepping for tonight, I went through like nine drafts of, of many different subjects. And you know what? I ended up on my very first message that I did like 13 years ago. But it's revised. It's what, what do we do nowadays? Like reboots? You know, we always put the 2.0 next to it. So, so my message tonight is called the Bucket 2.0 because it, it is new. It has has a little bit of new stuff, you know. If you're a big fan of like movies and stuff like that, that's what we get. You get new stuff added to the old stuff, and it's original. So, well, you know, let's just I'm going to open up in prayer one more time because this is get us off on the right foot. We just thank you, Father God, once again for. You know, for High Desert Word Center. We thank you, Father God, that this message tonight is going to to go away with somebody. It's going to be used by somebody. It was meant for somebody tonight, Lord. We just thank you, Father God, that they came and they're here to listen. We just pray that everybody's ears and hearts and minds are open to accept and not see who's saying the words, but hear the words because they're coming from you, Lord. And we just give you all the thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, this was based off of a devotion I did about 13 years ago, right? Probably 13 years ago for the kids up in a Big Bear. And it was like a quick five-minute devotion. And then when Pastor Dave asked me to do uh, a men's meeting for the first time, I transformed that into a full-fledged message. And then, like I said, I went through like nine different versions of different topics tonight. And each one, I get like halfway through, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't flow right. And and then I was like, wow, I have a nice filing cabinet full of all my old stuff, and what's old is new again. So I called it the bucket because, let me ask you this. Have you ever felt like horrible before you go to church? And then you get to church, and then you feel better. You hear the message, and you're pumped up, and you're ready to go. And you're like, wow, I'm ready to take on the world. Look out, world, here I come. And then you walk out the doors, or you go home, or your kids are just being little blessings. And then all that motivation and all that hype that you got during service is now gone. So I like to say that's holes in your spiritual bucket. So, I've had that happen to me a few times. I ain't going to lie. But I figured out that if you can figure out what's causing the holes, you can patch up the holes. Right? So, God showed me this bucket. And it was based because my mom would sing this old song about there's a hole in the bucket. And then... I don't know what happened in Big Bear, what made me think about it. But I was thinking, like, that's kind of how it is. Because if you ever, like, try to transport water with a bucket with holes in it, when you get to your destination, you're going to be like, wait, where did all the water go? 
right? And that's sometimes how it is at church. You're going to be like, oh, man, my bucket's getting filled. It's getting filled. It's getting filled. And then you walk out the doors. And like I said, kids, world, if you go off to work, something just triggers you. And then, boom, everything that you learned, everything that you built up, if you told yourself, like, wow, today's the day. I'm going to make a change. And then, like, some little thing will tick you off. Like, you get on the freeway and someone cuts you off. And then, like, where's all the stuff that you're built up? Where where was all the stuff you were, like, motivated to, like, conquer the world and and preach the gospel? But, and I'm not calling anybody out. I'm calling myself out because I do that. I've done that before. So we know that's holes in our spiritual bucket. So what causes these holes? I know you're asking, well, what causes these holes? Well, one cause is fear. We know there's good fear. There's actually good fear. It's called reverence, and you're supposed to have reverence for God. You're supposed to have that. It's it's basically a healthy fear of God. You're supposed to fear God because that's what stops you from being stupid, right? Or that's how it's supposed to work. Because sometimes you're like, when you were younger, you wouldn't do certain things in front of your parents because you knew you'd get in trouble. And then you wouldn't do things at all because you knew that you would get in trouble. That's how it should be for us. But anyways, I'm referring to the negative fear, the fear that like, you know, hey, you know, the situation I'm in is never going to end. It's the kind of fear that is caused by lack of faith. You know, we always concentrate on our problems. I mean, not always, but there's times where a problem will come at you and then that's just what rules your life, you know? I ain't going to lie, there's there's many times. I mean, from Eli being in the hospital multiple times, and, you know, I've had, you know, marriage issues in the past, you know, things with the job, and sometimes when those things get at you, you're like, it, you know, it's kind of hard not to concentrate it, and then you kind of freak out a little bit. But that fear is put in a hole in your spiritual bucket. Let's go to Mark 4. Let's go to Mark 4, and then we're going to go to uh, verse 38 and 40. Whew, I can hear a pin drop. No one was excited for the word there. Mark 4, 38. All right. Thank you, Nick. My timing was off. I usually announce the verse so I can get a drink of water. Anyways, Mark 4, 38 through 40. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a pillow. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? But think about it. These are people who've seen Jesus' works firsthand. I mean, we only read about them. And we see them manifest in our lives. But I mean, imagine being right next to Jesus Christ, being able to experience and hear these teachings firsthand, and then you still freak out. So, I mean, it's okay that you freak out. Well, let's just not do it no more. But, I mean, the disciples, that's what they did. They saw Jesus do all these amazing things. And Jesus had a hard day at work, and all he wanted to do was just chill in the back of the boat and just take a little nap. Me and Nick were talking about power naps and how awesome they are. 
You know, he wanted them. He was like, well, why aren't you handling this problem on your own? I mean, sometimes that's kind of how it is. You know, I drive back 45 minutes from the fort after a 10-hour work shift. And then, like, I walk through the sliding glass door of my house, and then I'm just bombarded with problems. You know what I mean? Like, geez, handle this yourself. And that's why usually I come home and I say there's a 30-minute grace period when I'm not a parent. I'm like, just imagine me still not here for 30 more minutes. You know, I need to acclimate myself to the house. Give me that 30-minute cushion. Now, they heard Jesus' teaching on faith, but at this moment, fear overtook them. Now, I don't like being on water myself, so I can kind of feel where they're coming from. If you're on a boat, you know... They didn't have Gilligan's Island back then, but I seen Gilligan's Island. I watched the opening. That was scary. But this is the same thing that we do sometimes. We focus on the problem. Instead of having faith, God will help us through it. Instead of realizing that God already equipped us to get through it. Your fear is drilling a hole right in your spiritual bucket. Thank you. Now, instead of being able to make that breakthrough you've been waiting for, fear put the brakes on it. That's why you just, you gotta build yourself up. You gotta build yourself up so much that when a problem comes, you know, anybody who's a Christian, whether you're a week old in the faith, 13 years in the faith, 20 years in the faith, we can all attest that problems don't stop. You know, it didn't stop my both of my cars from breaking down in one week. It didn't stop me from getting laid off at my job. It didn't stop me from my son getting sick. It didn't stop me from having problems in my marriage. It doesn't stop those things. And you're, if you're not strongly found, have a strong foundation, you're going to be like, well, crap. I mean, like, what's the point of all this? Like, you know, like... Well, I, I gave my life to Jesus, and, and this stuff's not working. I come to church all the time, and this is not working. Because there's a hole in your bucket, and that fear drilled a hole through it. Here's something that if you write anything down from what I wrote, uh, speak tonight, write this down. Fear is the opposite of faith. Write that with a dry erase marker on your, on your mirror. If you're a person with high anxiety... If you're a person that freaks out a lot, if you're a person that that gets scared a lot with, with problems, if corona flipped you out, write this where you can see it every day. Fear is the opposite of faith. If you're fearing something, you're not having faith in something. Another hole is hate. I'm going to quote Dr. Martin Luther King, and he said, hate paralyzes life. Love releases it. Hatred confuses life. Love harmonizes it. Hatred darkens life and love illuminates it. Let's go to 1 John 3.15. 1 John 3.15. Woo! Everybody's on it tonight. 1 John 3.15 says... Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murders don't have internal life within them. So, 
I mean, I don't love everybody. I don't, well, let me rephrase that. I don't like everybody. You know? You guys knew what I meant, yeah. I don't, I don't like everybody. But you know what? You don't have to like everybody. There's nothing in the Bible that says, thou shall like everybody you come in contact with. It's not going to happen. You do have to show God's love. You have to let that shine from you. But if you're hating people, well, one, it's a sin. Right there, First John 3.15, if you're hating somebody, you're sinning. And not only are you sinning, God looks at it. If you say, like, oh, man, I hate them. Well, God's looking at you saying that as, like, you might as well have murdered. So if you're having hate in your heart, if you're having unforgiveness in your heart, how are you going to hold on to what you got at church or from your Bible time or from your podcast time or from your live cast time? I don't know what you would call it. How do you expect to, to, to put that into work if you have even the, the, the slightest little unforgiveness in your heart? Because I know from experience that little bit of hatred, that little bit of, oh man, that person annoys me. Or, oh man, that doesn't, it seems like that's when stuff will start rolling out. Who knows? Who knows what was going on in my heart that probably brought on, you know, both of my cars going out in one week. But I do know how to fix it. And I, me and Leah put the brakes on that. And we were claiming Tyler's stories. We're just like, you know what? Hey, this is not going to stop us. You know, I know I prayed. If anything that I did, if I had any unforgiveness in my heart, if I had any hatred in my heart, if anything caused these two things to happen, then I, forgiveness. And I had to like do it. I didn't just do a blanket prayer. Like, oh, God, if I hated anybody this week, just forgive me. No, I had to go back and roll through my head. Have I had any arguments with anybody lately? Have I had any disagreements with anybody lately? And I went through the whole Rolodex in my head, and I just made sure, one by one, I'm like, you know what? Hey, maybe I don't like that person, but you know what, God? I pray they have the most fantastic day, and they have the most favor ever. That was a bunny trail, but I think that was a good one. Let's also go to first, since we're already in first John, let's go to first John 2.11. Woo! Okay. First John 2.11. I think the boat's, the Titanic's rolling through. Okay. Enthusiasm, you gotta love it. But anyone who hates another brother or sister, wait, did I just read that? No, I didn't. Did I just read that? No. This is 2.11. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. I mean, look at the news today. Do you think all these people are carrying just a little bit of hate in their heart? I mean, people are flipping out like, oh, you are an anti-vaxxer? Well, you are the problem of this world. And people are just shaking their fists at you. Oh, you're pro-vaxxer? Oh. You don't like the letters I use at my club? Ooh. 
it doesn't have to be like that. And if you if you're just upset at somebody, you're just like, well, there's enough stuff going on in the world. Just let it go. You know, it, it, you 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 have to realize we are in the last days. You know, I remember, you know. One of my relatives always say, like, well, you know what, Lawrence? You know, the last days are coming. I'm like, dude, the last days are coming. They're here. You know, like, what are you talking about? They're here. Like, the time to be like, okay, I'm a big procrastinator. And there's been things in my life that I've been procrastinating lately. And and it'll hit you. It'll hit you pretty hard. You know, like, you know, my dad's going through some health issues. And I'm like, man, like, I should have... I should have called him just, you know, one more time before he went into the hospital. But thank God, he's, you know, he's doing good right now. But you don't want to be like that. You want to be like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I hate so-and-so, or I don't like so-and-so, or that guy gets on my nerves, or he annoys me. You know, get rid of it now. Because it's not going to be just like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I'm forgiving him because the Bible told me to forgive him. You're going to forgive him because... That's what God wants you to do. And then you don't know how much stuff you're blocking in your own life and how many holes you're putting in your spiritual bucket. Another hole that we have is anger. The anger monster. How many times do we, do we sin because we're led by emotions? You know, I can, I, you know, I am redeemed from so many addictions. It's not funny. I can tell you where, like, emotions will get you. Temptations just lead to just so many things if you let them fester and, and get root into your heart. But right now we're talking about anger. You know, it's okay to be angry. Right? Who thinks it's okay to be angry? Yeah, it's okay to be angry. You just don't let your anger build up so much that you're going to be in sin. It's going to cause you to sin. Let's go to Ephesians 4.26. Amen. Ephesians 4.26. Whoa, someone got shished in the back row. You hear everything up here. And don't sin, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. I'm going to go on to 27. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. So it's saying it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry. Okay. What I do now is if someone, because I'm telling you, the most craziest road to be on in this part, you know, I, I, I've never been to Germany, so I've never been on the Autobahn, but I know Fort Irwin has the craziest drivers this side of the Mississippi. In Jesus' name, they're all great drivers. I'm going to speak life into them. They're all great drivers. So let me do this. The drivers on Fort Irwin Road are the best right now. But it's, it's easy to get angered driving to work. You know, I can be cruising, I can be listening to, uh, you know, Pastor Preaching or Pastor Dave or Dr. Barclay or whoever on my radio, and then, you know, I'm into it, and then, like, someone just, like, cuts me off, you know, and not only cuts me off, but, I'm like, you know, like, I could see what was on their on their dashboard. That's how close they were to me, you know, only to get to the front gate about two seconds earlier than I did. 
But you, you just can't let things like that. You know, you can't let, you know, someone who says annoying things to you or someone who's an, annoying around you or someone who was mean to you or did something to offend you. You let that fester in your heart enough to make you sin. That's wrong. That's when the, that's the wrong type of anger. Because it's okay to be angry sometimes. I have four kids. I've been angry once or twice. I have three teenagers. I've been angry once or twice. I have a four-year-old, which is very awkward to have three teenagers and then, boom, four-year-old. But I've been angry once or twice in my life. I have nieces and nephews, you know, so. (laughs) Hi, Adriana. I've only been, I've only had to scold Adriana once. Right? Just once. Only once. See, that's good. Only once. But whoever, whoever said, if you're on the receiving end of being blown up at, being screamed at, whoever said like, oh man, that was awesome. Let, you know, let's do that again. That was beneficial. You know? Or me and Leah having our very calm discussions, and I'm sure she's like, oh man, you know, our marriage is strong. I'm sure glad we had that fight. I don't think she's ever said that, right? No? Never? Okay. That's weird. By the way, tomorrow, 19 years married. So, you know, we've had a lot of discussions. (laughs) But anger is not going to solve anything. It's only going to put more holes in your bucket. I always... I always substitute, like, worry, like, or, or my kids or my wife or anybody say, like, oh, I'm stressing about this or I'm worried about that. I'm like, well, you know what? It's never been proven that worry has solved anything. And you could really substitute anger, too. Well, anger has never solved anything. It just probably made you look more like a jerk. You know? I mean, if you're blowing up at somebody and you're blowing up somebody in public, more than likely you made yourself look like a fool rather than prove your point of how angry you are at somebody. Let's go to Proverbs 29.11. Speaking of fools. Woo! Proverbs 29.11. We're going to take a small little water break. Proverbs 29.11 says, Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Now, that's one of those ones where, like, you hear it and you're like, and I'm talking about me personally, like, you know, like, oh. Because, you know, you shouldn't vent. You shouldn't be like, oh, you know, hey, you know, I just had a vent. Now, granted, there's those times where, like, I'll say something to Leah, but she's my wife, and it's like, hey, you know, I want your opinion of this situation. I'm not going to be like, hey, you know what what so-and-so did to me today? He did this, and he did that, and he said this to me. That's not solving anything. Because anybody can do that. Anybody can just vent, you know. Fools vent. But you have to be wise and just hold it back. Hold back that anger. Pray for those people. I've learned to pray for people like Job. You know, there's, I can't say there's a small portion of people that annoy me. You know, sometimes people annoy you. 
But rather than just be like, you know what, hey, you know what, that person gets on my nerves, I hate working with them, or I hate seeing their face every time I walk into my shop, or I hate driving with them, or this, or whatever, you're just, you know what, I'm going to pray for that person today. Every situation, I promise you, every situation I walk into, and there's a person that, like, you know, makes me angry, or has made me angry, I always pray for them. And when I say pray for them, like Job, Job's, you know, just to paraphrase, Job had it pretty good, had a really good life, and he had a lot of situations that took it all away. Things didn't start getting better until he started praying for his friends. Instead of himself, like, hey, God, I want all this back. He was like, I'm going to pray for my friends. So I have to start learning. I had to start learning how to pray for people like Job did. Praying for others first. You know, I make, you know, because sometimes everybody has it. They're going to have that person that just pops in their head. Whether you're going to church or you're going to school or you're going to work or you're going to wherever and you're going to be like, Oh man, I hope so and so's not there. Or man, I sure hope so and so stays home today. I used to think like that, and then I started saying, you know what? I'm praying for so and so right now. I'm praying for this guy. I'm hope that you know he has some prosperity coming in his life. So, I gave you a few ways of to cause holes in your bucket. Now let's look at how do we patch up the holes. Let's look at how to patch up the holes. It's called doing the opposite. Thank you, everybody. Good night. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, that's pretty much what you should do. If you're doing all that, do the opposite. If fear is ruling your life, then what should you do? You should start having courage. Let's go to Deuteronomy 31.6. There we go. Thomas, are you even on Deuteronomy 31.6? There you go. All right. (laughs) I was making sure you weren't like... Deuteronomy 31.6. It says it right there. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For your Lord... Your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So you got to realize that God's got your back. God's got your back. He's never going to leave you. Even when, you know, God never leaves you. You may think like, oh man, that guy needs some Jesus in his life, but he needs God in his life. God never left him. It's just that you're choosing not to acknowledge him. You're choosing not to to accept what he has to give you. You know, I'm not perfect. I've definitely been those times where, like, no, I'm doing it my way. I, this is the way I want to do it. Just like if I'm putting together, like, a bookshelf or something, and you get at Walmart, and you're like, nah, I don't need those directions. I'm going to do it myself. I know what a bookshelf looks like, and then it topples over. And I'm not lying. That actually happened. I think, no, it was an entertainment center. It was the entertainment center. We bought it at Best Buy, and we're all excited. Who needs stinking directions? And I know what it, it Yeah, I mean, when me and Leah put things together, she's like, okay, she's reading it, and, and we're okay. Slot 
A is connected with screw C. No, Lawrence, that's not screw C. You're doing screw B. And I'm like, well, they look the same. (laughs) So you can't let fear or being scared take over you. You can't be afraid of like walking out those doors and being like, well, you know what, there's, you know, there's child predators out there and there's murders out there and there's the, the evil pandemic virus out there, you know. Be, oh, I'm not going Walmart, you know, don't shake, because the pandemic's out there. Don't shake my hand. But also another patch is instead of hating, Start loving. Yeah, good job, Adriana. Two air high five for you. But that's pretty obvious, right? That was pretty obvious. Instead of hating, start loving. Hate will hinder your prayers. Trust me. God's word can cut right through that hate. But I'm telling you, the hate will hinder your prayer. How many times are you going to like... Tell yourself, like, you know, like, well, I'm praying about this. And you can look at your life overall and be like, hey, you know, it's pretty good. I go to church. You know, I attend a extra women's meeting or men's meeting every once in a while. I help out when they need it. And then, you know, you're like, hey, I've been praying about this. And why hasn't it happened? And then you're like, oh, oh there's that guy. <laughs> why hasn't my prayer been answered? Look at the way he's chewing. Why hasn't my prayer been answered? Well, there you go. Start loving. Let's go to Hebrews 4.12. (laughs) Thomas, yours is the best cheers because it's always right after everybody else. So there you go. (laughs) Deuteronomy 31.6. Oh, wait, Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So it's like, you can never say, like, this is a unfixable situation. You know, if you think it's an unfixable situation, God's word's going to cut right through that fear, and it's going to separate it, and it's going to show you the truth. If you feel like you have so much anger about a situation, well, then you know what? God's word is going to cut right through it, and it's going to help your situation. So since our holes have been fixed, well, now what are you going to do? Well, you need to fill it up again, right? You need to fill it up again. So you know what causes, you know, you have some causes of the holes. You know how to patch up the holes. Now let's figure out how to fill it up again. Now there's so many ways. There's hundreds of ways. But for the sake of time, and, you know, we all want to go home soon, I picked out three. The first one is be consistent in your spiritual life. One more time. Be consistent in your spiritual life. (laughs) Like with church, your Bible reading, 
You know, can you survive only eating once a week? I mean, we've heard that illustration all the time. Like, hey, this is your your fill-up. You know, this is your, you, you can't survive on just one meal. And, you know, obviously, I have more than one meal a day. But when you miss church, you might be missing something that you can use or apply to your life. You know, you might be missing that one word that you've been waiting for that day. If you feel like, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm just tired. Well, you could be missing something right then and there. Or, uh, you know, you hear, oh, we needed family time. Well, do family time on Saturday and come to both services on Sunday. You might miss something. And then also, fellowship. Now, granted, I am not the most sociable person out there. But it is important. Let's go to Hebrews 13.8. There you go, Thomas. I was waiting for yours. We're having fun tonight, aren't we? Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Basically, you know what it's saying? Jesus Christ is consistent. Wow. So, doesn't it also say we should be more Christ-like? Doesn't it say to follow me as I follow Christ? Well, Christ is consistent. You have to have a consistent spiritual life. Just like I, you know, when they do ask me to do offering, I always say, don't just give once or twice or give for a month or give for a couple months and then figure out, well, like, man, my, my finances are still crazy. Well, you know, if you spent like crazy for 12 years, well, it's going to take you a little bit of time to get your stuff back in order. You know, same thing with like other things in your life. If you've been living a sinner's life for 28 30 years, well then you know what, how are you going to expect God to just change around because you came up when they said, who wants to give their life to Christ? It's not going to all change overnight. You started the ball rolling in the right direction, you're now on the right path, but it's not going to be changed overnight. You have to be consistent. Another way to fill your bucket again is love. Matthew 22, and let's go to... 36 through 40. Woo! Maybe I should have said, you don't have to woo after every verse, but okay. We are, well, yes. Be excited, guys. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And I tell my kids that all the time. It's basically, you know, you treat others how you want to be treated. You know? You have to love your neighbor as yourself. If you want people to treat you bad... Well, then mix in a little bit of hostility towards somebody. If you want everybody, oh, time's up for me, I guess. If you want everybody to treat you at least a little bit respectful, well, then you know what? 
Make sure that you're sowing those seeds of love. I think that's a song, isn't it? I don't know. But God is saying that these are the two most important commandments out of all of them. Love can really do a lot. And love, you just, love is not just be like, oh, you know what, Leah, I love you, and then you just walk away. Love is not just verbal. Love is not saying it. Y'all, you know what, Leah, I love you so much, I got your name tattooed on me. No, that's not it either. Yeah. We won't go into that. That was a bad story. <laughs> I don't think. Me and James are twinsies. We both got Leah's names on our body. <laughs> twinsies! <laughs> James and Leah are twins, if you didn't know. And what else? What do, what do we say? Oh, their, their dad does sound at the church. That, that's our new thing. We always say, like, you know, hi, I'm, J- I'm James, or I'm Leah, and my dad does sound at the church. She never says her husband's head of security, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Man, Sunday nights are awesome. We can just go off on a whole different route. But love, really, love is important. And another way to fill it is be doers of the word. We have to put into action what we read in the Bible or learn from church. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I have a relative, a close relative, and he's always going through something. He's always having problems in his life. And someone told me, well, they read the Bible every day. And then I'm like, well, that's great, but are they doing what it says in the Bible? And they're not. So if you're not, if you could read this Bible until you're blue in the face, you can listen to all the podcasts you want. You can attend all the church services, attend all the men's meetings, women's meetings. You can go to all the Holy Spirit conferences you want to. But if you're not applying to what you're learning, then you're not being a doer of the word. You're not doing James 1.22. And I don't even think we need to go there because we all know this by now. James 1.22 says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Action. It requires action. Tell you the truth, one of my rough drafts was about being a doer of the word about having some action in your life, action in your spiritual life. You can't just say, well, you know what? I love Jesus. Well, what are you doing to glorify Jesus? You can't just say, like, you know, I love my God. What are you doing to show that you love your God? You can't just say, well, I love you, Leah. I have to show her that I love her. And it's not just buying her stuff. It's, you know, it's being a good husband. It's being a good uh, father to her kids. But you, you can't just be like, why isn't it happening? Well, I read the Bible every day. You have to be a doer. You know, it also says that you're deceiving yourself if you think that you can be a doer or be a listener, not a doer. You're deceiving yourself. 
that's why, like I say, you know, you may not, you know, going back to what I said previously of maybe you, you don't have to like everybody you encounter. It's okay. I'm not giving you permission to be a jerk to everybody. But, you know, maybe if you don't like that person, you don't have to feel guilt over it. But you know what? You have to be a doer of the word. And what it says in Matthew 22, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's going to put, you know, if you do the opposite of that, it's going to put a hole in your bucket. You do what the Bible says, it's going to fill up your bucket. And then what can you do if your bucket's filled? If you head out into that world and your bucket's filled, it's fortified and it's all filled with all the knowledge and tools you need. Well, if your cars go out in the same week, you're not going to freak out. Because you've learned to manage your finances God's way, and you have an emergency fund. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. And you're not going to freak out over those things. Or, if you get laid off from work, you're not going to be like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? Oh, I, I can't provide for my family. I was actually laid off before, believe it or not. I was laid off for a whopping five days. Because... Everywhere I went, even people who I didn't know were like, oh, I, I appreciate your faith, Lords. And I'm like, oh, cool. And like in the back of my head, like, who are you? But there, because every time when people are like, oh, are you freaking out? We're probably going to be laid off next week. Well, I'm not. And if I am, God's going to provide for me. And I kept saying that over and over again. Because I believe I'm a doer of the word when, when it comes to my finances. So, you can tell yourself that you're being tested or you're being punished or that your life is just screwed up at the moment. But it's really not. You probably just have a hole in your bucket. So, if you got anything tonight... Hopefully you know a few ways of recognizing what causes the holes, a few ways of patching up your holes, and a few ways of filling it back up. Because if I can do these things, I know you guys can too. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.